Hello, Internet. Welcome into the 10 Things Podcast on this fine, fine October day. My name is Craig. Alongside me, player number two, Aaron Brooks. Player two. Hey, when when we're playing games, I'm trying to remember what color are you usually the the little game pieces. What which which color do you usually go for? Blue. Blue? Always blue? Yeah. Anytime that, you can. That would be my first choice. It, it feels like Lauren always takes blue though. She loves blue. Yeah. Um, we're both always after blue. I'm usually the oddball going for red. Huh. Um of course red's my favorite color. Well is blue yours? Yes. Yeah. See? Red and blue. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing blue. I am wearing blue. You're wearing blue. You're wearing your Reagan Bush '84 shirt. Yeah, it, it felt like a throwback day. We're talking about about you know old board games today, so yeah, it's just kind of a throwback day. Yeah, if you didn't know from clicking on the episode link, um, we are talking about board games today, and we're going to talk about ten of our favorites. Um, these this is one of those episodes where we're not really talking about necessarily. I. I we're not talking about iconic board games, but I have a feeling most of these will be in that category. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about 10 board games that um, either mean something to us or I think some of them may have some sentimental value. I think most of them are just really fun to play. Right. And th- we're getting into kind of a, the time of the year when it's it feels like this is board game season. Oh, Absolutely. If board game had a season, this is it. I mean, you're coming out of summer. You've been outside hanging out. Now the days are getting shorter. We're coming up here to the end of daylight saving time. So now that sun's setting, 5 o'clock, you know, it's dark. Eat supper, get you some hot chocolate, maybe some popcorn, sit down and, you know, at the some table with the, with the family. Okay, you coffee. intentionally left out coffee. I did. Hot tea would be my go-to. Yeah. Uh, but then you sit down and you, you break out the board game and, the holiday time comes, you know, stay up a little bit later. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, you're always, you know, you're spending a little extra time with family. At least most people, I think, right. are. And uh, the board games get brought out. Now, listen, today, uh, during this episode, we're talking about board games. We are specifically talking board games. and We're not including card games in our lists. No. Um, because I think, we talked about this before, I think it could be its own episode. It, it could. There, there's some great great card games out there and they they deserve its own each deserve its own category its own its own time yeah so board games exclusively and i don't know how you picked yours i kind of used um the the standard the rubric if you will of it it's got to be played on a board okay so the box comes has a board in it and can be either played with like little pieces that move around or tokens or something like that. Right. Um, because, I mean, there are some games out there that, that have a board, but you're not really using the board except to keep score. That's not kind right. of what I lean to when I'm talking about a board game. I don't know where those games fit because they're not card games either. Right. They're kind of in their own third category. Yeah, and games like Jenga and Connect Four, and you mentioned Dominoes. Right. Those, well, I don't think we're either one of us are counting those games because, again, they're they don't really have a. Well, uh, what would you call those? I don't know. There, there's got to be a term for them. I mean, somebody out there, let us know what those are called. Yeah, I mean, are they just family game? Are they just games? Games. Yeah. Um. 
So I don't know. But I, I have some friends. They're big into dominoes. And this time of the year, they will sit up literally all night long playing dominoes from, from sunset to sunrise. They go hardcore at dominoes. That's a game I never really got into. Neither have I. I tried to play it again last year, and apparently I forgot all the rules of dominoes because <laughs> well, there, yeah. there was a bunch of rules that I didn't remember. I couldn't tell you any of them. And it, it was, I mean, it was, it wasn't easy to try to remember how to play dominoes. Uh, I just know dominoes because I like knocking them down. You stack them up and you knock them yeah, over. That's <laughs> the whole principle behind it. Um, so we are talking about ten of our favorite board games today, and. Um, Aaron, why don't you start us off with our first game? Okay. All right. Well, this one's easy for me. Uh, let's talk about uh, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You're just coming out of the gate with it. Yeah. I want to go right to Monopoly because I think it is the best board game of all time. Well, it's what you think of when you think of board games. Yes. And I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe people don't like playing it with me. Maybe it's my family that doesn't like playing it with me, but none of the rest of my family, except my wife, you know, she will humor me and play Monopoly, but everybody else just kind of rolls their eyes when we play Monopoly. Um, I I like playing with you because we play very similar styles (laughs) and we're both Uh, stubborn as heck. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. We, we will butt heads well, every time we play. As, as one iconic coach said, you play to win the game. That's right. Thank you, Herm. I, I'm, not, I'm not into bartering and making deals that's going to help anybody else out. <laughs> I, I mean, I want to I bankrupt you. I want to <laughs> shut you down. Uh, this is a game that's been around since uh, the 1930s. And uh, in fact, I found this interesting. It was in World War II. The Nazis allowed uh, the Brits to send in board games to their POWs. And so Monopoly was one of the board games that they sent in and they included in Monopoly, they would actually include items to help the British POWs escape from Nazi control. Really? Yes. And so, uh, I I just thought that, that that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, Monopoly, and, I mean, you know how much I love this this game. Uh, we are Monopoly. Uh, well, we might be called collectors at this point. I don't know. I think we, you are. We have how a, many? How many? Do you know how many? Uh, between twenty five and thirty, I think, is what we're at now. You know, like, twenty five like, and thirty different variations of Monop- or or editions yeah. of Monopoly. Yes. How many do you think there are? Because there's a lot of different variations of Monopoly now. I'd say there's there's easily a hundred or more. I know um, they just came out with Miss Monopoly, where yes. female players earn yes. more money. Uh, they've got Millennial Monopoly, where it's not about buying property; it's about experiences. Yes. Um, of course, you've got. It seems like every movie or TV show yeah. series gets its own edition because there's Avengers Monopoly, Seinfeldopoly, and now. Uh, cities are getting their own branded edition of monopoly yeah although i don't i'm not sure that's officially licensed monopoly no, they are not officially licensed they're just kind of uh piggybacking off the name but i still buy those and take them yeah add them to my collection um in fact we've because we, we've got several unique versions of this game including uh hogopoly yeah. for razorback fans right uh, 
Photoopoly. And this one I thought I think is pretty cool. You take your own personalized photos, print them out, and really? put them onto the game board so you kind of get to create your own Monopoly game. And so that's kind of neat. Um, okay. I just looked it up. At this moment, the Monopoly wiki has 1,144 versions oh. of the game. Wow. Now, this does, though, include fictional editions like Monopoly Capital City Edition from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Um, so, but still, I mean... There are a few variations of the game outside of just your standard Monopoly, like uh, Monopoly City. And I believe you played this with us in years past, where it's kind of a 3D version and you build towers and buildings and all sorts of waste facilities and prisons and stuff like that on the game board. And so it's a it's not just your standard Monopoly game. It's got a few different rules and stuff to it. They've done very well creating some fun and unique ways to play Monopoly. They really have. Including Monopoly card games, uh, which are not included in today's right. game. But they, they, they've gotten into the card game genre as and well. And they've done a great job of... Um, Making each one of those games, you know, you would think it would be boring and be the same game over and over again, but they've done a good job of making each one of those games kind right. of its own experience. Right. Now, I mean, you do get into some that probably do feel a little bit more repetitive, but I mean, if you're an Avengers fan, you're going to enjoy playing that oh, because yeah. it's a little bit different. It's There's the movie stuff in right. there and you just feel like it's a different game. And so they've done a really good job about that. I I also enjoyed Edible Monopoly. Hold up. I what? only got to enjoy it once though. <laughs> it no longer exists. How did how did that work? It, it was it was made from chocolate. Did okay, so, was it just like a, a chocolate bar or was it like an actual game? No, it was a Monopoly game. You played it, but the pieces and everything were made out of chocolate and then you ate it when you were done. And so it was it was fun and delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would have loved uh, to see that. That's funny. Okay, so in Monopoly, if you had to guess, do you have a guess at what the three most landed on squares would be? Um, I'm going to guess the tax one. Was it property tax? In, uh, yeah, there, there's an income tax. Income tax. Property tax. I, it's labeled different on different games. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess the tax one because I always seem to land on that one. Um, uh, I don't think free parking would be that particularly popular i'm gonna guess income tax um um man i don't think community chest and i'm gonna say one of the light blue squares hmm very interesting those are my three wrong on all three <laughs> guesses <laughs> it's go is it really? Yeah, Go. Uh, which I never feel like I actually land I on just, Go. Yeah, I always pass Go. Yeah. Uh, now, this is according to Hobbylark.com, so I don't know where they got their facts from, but that's what they say. Um, the B&O Railroad. Okay. And Illinois Avenue. Now, okay, what I'm, what I'm curious about is how, how are they collecting that data? I have... Because I am always trying to hone my skills as a Monopoly player. So I, I read strategy guides. That, that's how lame I am. I spend time <laughs> reading strategy for winning Monopoly. Uh, but there is, there's mathematical 
data out there that that shows what the odds and the chances and the 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 likelihood is that you land on certain properties to help you know which properties you might want to buy when you're playing, which properties you might want to avoid purchasing when playing. So they may have just run the the you know the statistics out on this and that's how they come up with it. I don't know. Wow. But there are certain properties that I know I will I will land on them and just avoid purchasing them based on the math that I've seen. Is that why we fought so much that last time Probably. we played Monopoly? Probably so. <laughs> Are, do you have a favorite Monopoly property? Favorite property? Yeah. Um, one that you always, you know, you just kind of hope that you end up with that one when playing. No, not really. I, I tend to lean toward the ones that are near the middle of the board. So I, if I have the option, I don't, I don't choose like the ones closest to go. I always consider like go the start and end. So ones that are toward that the opposite end of go, I tend to lean on if if I have to pick, just because it feels like those are. So when it comes to boardwalk and park place, I, I'm not usually it's because those are the most expensive properties on the board, right? And I and I'm not sure necessarily why. Um, so I just tend to they usually they're expensive to buy, but I mean you get the most return on them when people land on them, but I just don't feel like a lot of people land on them that. Well, the math would say that you're right about that. See, yeah, I'm smart too. Yeah. Okay, and I didn't even have to read a study guide on it. (laughs) I also have favorite properties. What's yours? Uh, I'm not telling you we play Uh, too much. didn't figure you (laughs) out. That's why you wanted to know. I know now. Yeah, it was was some more. uh, Remind me not to play (laughs) for a little bit. Maybe you'll forget (laughs) what I just said. Uh, Monopoly. That's a good one to start. I knew we'd probably spend a ton of time on talking about Monopoly. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Um, okay, number two. Um, it's one that I had always heard about. Um, I've always heard people talk about. It's got a very cult following, but I just recently started playing it, and that was Settlers of Catan. Ah, or Catan. I don't know how you say it. How do you say it? Catan or Catan? Man, I go back and forth on saying it. <laughs> Because I'll say it one way, and I think, man, that's probably not the proper way to say it, so I change it and say it the other way. Catan um, feels more fancy. Yeah. Catan kind of feels like a redneck saying it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know what you're right. Catan? Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna just refer to it as Catan. Now, if you're a, a, a diehard Catan or Catan player and know all this stuff, forgive me because I'm new, okay? But I have really started to love this game. Um, there's a lot of strategy involved. Oh, yeah. Um, it was released. I thought it was... Uh, been around longer than this, but 1995. That's it. That's it. That's based on what I saw. 1995 wow. is when it was released. Um, one of the interesting things about Settlers is that um, it the 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 game board itself is it's hexagonal square or <laughs> hexagonal squares. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Um, hexagonal pieces. So the game board changes game to game. It's never right. the same game. And so, you know, whereas, of course, you know, you can, Monopoly's just played the same every time. It's the same game. You're just with different people and your mood may change. Catan actually will be a different game every time you play it. And there's different phases. There's expansion packs that can go on top of that. And it just, it seems like there is a never-ending amount of ways to play the game. This is a game I think that we both kind of became introduced to about the same time. Yeah. And we have enjoyed playing it quite a bit uh, 
over the past, what, six months, yeah. 12 months, some, somewhere in the past year. Uh, and like you said, it's got so many expansion packs that, and we, we know this from firsthand experience, that you cannot just sit down and take the expansion pack and, and just immediately yeah. know. The, yeah. the games come with a booklet. Yeah. A, a thick booklet. Uh, so before you invite guests over or family over to play this game, you probably want to have gone through this a time or two. Exactly. And, and studied because it, it's, a, it's a very detailed game. But once you get into it, it's a lot simpler than it feels like it is when you first look at it. It's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, it the really is. The first time that you look at everything that comes with Catan and that book. But after you get into it, it's pretty simple, and it's a lot of fun. It is. It's a ton of fun, and there is a ton of strategy involved. Oh, yes. I mean, when it comes to trade stuff and which routes you want to take and how you want to pursue this stuff and where you put pieces and uh, where you make your... Because, I mean, if you're not familiar with the game, the whole point of the game is, is creating settlements and routes to collect you're not collecting like money like you do in monopoly you're you're collecting experience points and so the first one to x amount of points wins the game and so like monopoly though you can play this game for hours oh yeah um there are some faster versions of the game that you can play but to get the real experience you just want to sit in buckle in and just play so far I have played three. I've played the original Settlers. Mm-hmm. The, is it Seafarers? Yeah. Or is it Pirates that you have? Oh, I think I think we have Pirates. One of those two. Yeah. We've played that expansion uh-huh. pack. And then, uh, I believe they're Settlers of America. Yeah. And I've really liked America, the American and it, It's a little different yeah. than the than the original game. Yeah, I remember we played American one first. first that we? was the first one we did. That was the first one that we played, and uh, that was the first time I, I played. Was that the first yes. time? Yes. Okay, so we played at the exact same time, our very first game. And so we got the hang of it. It was really fun. We wanted to play more. We had gotten, or I think we both ended up getting I, around the same time. Yeah. The original, and we sat down to play it, and we realized we thought it was going to be the same game, just in a different. But it wasn't. It's not. There was tweaked rules. Yes. It was a little different, and so we. It was almost like you had to relearn the game. And then when you add the expansion pack, yeah, onto it, it becomes a another game. Yeah, completely. You're taking out pieces, you're adding pieces, and you're doing things differently. So, they really figured out a really neat way to. I mean, it's smart. It's a smart business model too. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to want to buy the different expansions because at some point you may feel like you're getting... Even though the game is different, you want you want more. Right. And this is another franchise, I guess you could call it. They have a card game. Yeah. They have a dice game. Mm-hmm. And they have a travel game. Yeah. And there's some video games that have been put out, apparently. Yes. Uh, there was even, apparently, in 2014, a movie loosely based on the game. Really? I've never seen it or heard about it, but I just, in the research of this, I saw it come on. It was very loosely based on the game. Um, apparently, there is no other game um, on of the most popular games that has won awards over as long a period of time. So it's been around, what, 24, 25 years now? No other game has won as many awards as Catan has in that p- time period. Wow. 
the Washington Post went on to say uh, that it is the game of our time. Oh, wow. So it definitely has a big cult following, too. And so, again, we're not necessarily doing games that are iconic today, but would you call, even though it's only a relatively young, a, a new game, would you say that it's an iconic board game already at this point? I, I think you have to. I really do. I think I you have to say that. Yeah. So number two is Settlers of Catan. Number three, then, my second uh, life. That's a good one. As if, uh, you know, the real thing wasn't fun enough <laughs> or difficult enough let's let's make a game out of it man i didn't think about life that's a great one it is uh so and again this is this is another game that has multiple variations uh multiple editions versions of it and in fact the the newest version of it right now uh is called life with is it crippling debt is that the name of it have you heard of this (laughs) Version? I think I think is that one of those like they they took the classic games and made them a little adult is that that's part of that yes. series yes I think it is uh, you have all of this student loan debt that you start yeah, out with yeah, you know yeah. you're trying to work your way out so uh, it's a little I guess a little more lifelike for most people uh, which I'm not sure if you live in that every day I'm not sure if you really want to play a game <laughs> that you just like that or not maybe playing the the game of life but you know. Uh, if you, I feel kind of dumb trying to explain what life is because I feel like everybody should know what the game life is. But uh, you know, you're you're playing. You get to choose a profession. You get to go to college, uh, or you can go straight to work. Uh, you get a profession. You get paydays. Uh, most of the paydays are a lot bigger than what most of us get paid on That's our paydays. That's true. Uh, Preach. You, and you're trying to, you know, you get blown away by a tornado, or you win a trip around the world. All sorts of crazy things happen in life. And, uh, but, but it's a, it's a very fun game. It's an old board game, I believe. Um, it, it does seem like one of those that has been around for a little bit. Cause I mean, I, I remember playing it as a kid and I remember there being like retro versions of it available. Right. This is a, this is a game. It came out in the 1800s. Wow. Uh, 1860 and, uh, created by Milton Bradley. In fact, is it, is it still a Milton Bradley game? I think so. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was still with them or not. Uh, so it's been a, it's been around for a long time. It's in the National Toy Hall of Fame, and uh, over the years they've kind of changed a few of the variations. We still have one of the board games from back in the probably the early '80s. We have a couple of new ones. We're not as big into collecting life as we are Monopoly, <laughs> but we have, I think we have three different versions of life. Wow. And, uh, it, you know, it's a its a fun game as well to get the family around. It might be a little bit easier if you have a family, you know, with young kids. Uh, some of these games might be a little bit in over their head yeah. for younger kids. Right. Um, but life, it's one of those games that even younger kids can get in and really have fun with. Yeah. Um, I remember always, um, the little people yes. in the game, um, were always fun to just mess around with as a kid, uh-huh. just goof off and just be stupid with them. Um, always and that little car that you put them in, 
just to drive around the track. Um, I always, I always remember that spinning wheel. The spinning wheel would always get stuck, <laughs> and it would. I would. You'd always have to like you know, just really crank on it to get it to spin right. In the right way. But yeah, the 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 spinning wheel. I feel kind of was a. It's a unique addition to a board game that not everything else has. You know, and it's just, it's just kind of fun to spin that, to spin that wheel. There is something about a wheel. If you can spin a wheel, you're going to spin the wheel. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Um, all right. That's a great number three. Um, number four on the list is I'm going to keep with the, the kids theme for a little okay. bit and just go back into my nostalgia years. Ooh. And um, I'm I'm going to mention Candyland. Oh. Um so Candyland was one of those games as a kid. It's it's almost like that's probably the default first game that a lot of kid board game that a lot of kids yeah. learn to play. Is is Candyland the same as Shoots and Ladders or is that another game? That's a different game. Okay. Yeah. Um Candyland is again the whole it's it's a little similar to life, probably a little bit more basic. Uh meant more for kids. Life is obviously, you know, leaning toward the adult phase of life where you're talking about getting jobs, getting married, doing all those things, having kids. Uh, but Candyland though, um, is just, it's, it's more of a nostalgia thing than anything else. Uh, you got queen frosting, Lord licorice. Um, and so you, you're, you're drawing cards along the way. You're moving your piece. Um, and so the whole, thing is just set in this world where everything is made up of candy uh candy color roads early versions use cards with images of iconic characters to advance to either single or double images of color uh, telling you how far that you needed to advance um, and now Candyland also has a spinner so, oh so again you know kind of like life yeah you get a game that has a spinner people are down for it um it's great for pre-readers, okay, by that I mean kids who, you know, aren't reading yet, so it's got lots of imagery, so it makes it really easy for kids to play. Um, it, hit, it was created in 1949, again, by Milton Bradley, and uh, so it doesn't have a lot of player involvement, but the vibrant colors and all that kind of stuff make it really cool for young kids to play. Uh, do you remember playing Candyland ever? You know, I don't. I'm sure I have, but I don't remember it. Um, I remember playing as as a kid with like my grandparents and stuff. Uh, when I go over there, we play Candyland for a little bit. So Candyland, number four for me. Number five, halfway through our through our list today. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, this was kind of a precursor to some other popular games including Catan, mm -hmm. uh, but that would be the game Risk. Yes, that was on my list. Uh, this is one of those games that I still love to play it today. We will set this game up, and it will continue on for two or three or four or five days. We will sit down, we'll play for 30 or 40 minutes or an hour. It's, it's not a fast game at all. No. This is... You have to dedicate some time to it. And that's why we will just, you know, we don't put a time limit on anything. And so we'll play, we'll, we'll play one game for multiple days if we have to. Yeah. I mean, people think Monopoly takes a long time. It is a fast paced game compared to Risk. Oh, yeah. 
And so this game was invented in 1957 by a French filmmaker, and it's it's become one of the most popular games in board game history. And it inspired another game that I enjoyed, Axis and Allies. Yeah. It, it inspired that one, and then Catan was sort of inspired by Risk. But this is a it's a it, this is another strategy game. Yeah. Um, that involves you know diplomacy and conquest and uh, conflict. Um, so you've got a you've got a political map of the entire world, forty two different territories, and uh, you take turns with your armies trying to capture territories you know from uh, other players, uh, all determined by dice rolls. It's a man. It's a it's a fantastic game. Um, in fact, I'm reading here. It says the game can be quite lengthy, requiring several hours to multiple days to finish, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's no lie whatsoever. I don't think we have actually played Risk together. I don't think we? we have. It's a it's a fun game though. It is. Um, well, and like like Monopoly, and I guess Settlers, um, they've done a good job of creating alternate games. Yes. To fit that. I remember the very first time I ever played Risk, it wasn't even the original game. It was really? like some space thing where you were also trying to... You had planet Earth and a moon. Oh, wow. And so you had to deploy troops to the moons as well. Um, so, yeah, they've done, a, they've done a good job of trying to... And those other Risk games that they have also have variation on rules. Right, and expansion packs. Expansion packs. Uh, in fact, they've got... Uh, computer game of Risk. There's video games, mobile apps. In yeah. fact, I've seen uh, there is a pretty decent mobile, yeah, app for Risk. Yeah, and they've got they've got it for Apple TV. Yes, um, it's it's fine. I mean, there's just something though. I mean, about the holding the dice in your hand. Yes, there is. Um, because you just feel like. I don't, I don't know if you feel this way, but when you're doing like a computer-generated dice, I always feel like there's something fishy going on. Exactly. Like, like it's the computer's trying to figure out. Right. It's not really random. I, I'm sure it is, but it just doesn't feel like it. Right. I love Risk. Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, we got to have us a Risk day some, we really s- do. some point. You, you're right, though. You need a place that you can just go and set up a board and leave it alone. Yep. Um, because if you've got to prepare for... You're right. It's days. It's and a, it's a days game. When my wife and I play it, I mean, we are very, I mean, we will take pictures of the board game when we leave it. Oh, yeah. Because we don't trust each other once we're gone that, that somebody's going to touch that board and move something. <laughs> and we ain't letting that happen. So we compare pictures to make sure when we come back the next time that everything's on the up and up. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. All right. You want to take a break? Let's do it. Okay. We'll be right back in just a little All right, welcome back into the 10 Things Podcast. Um, today we're talking about board games, but you know that because you've been listening faithfully for the last 30 minutes. We we didn't quite have time during that break to get a full game of Risk in. <laughs> we didn't think you'd want to hang on that long. <laughs> yeah, we, that would be a great cliffhanger, wouldn't it? We're going to take a break and play a game of Risk four days later. We're back. 
we reached the halfway point of our risk game. Um, all right, we've talked about we've talked about Monopoly, we've talked about Life, we've talked about Settlers of Catan, Risk, and Candyland. Um, and so we are we are at the point now where it's time for number six on our list. And I've got one we mentioned briefly before we started recording um, about how kind of you had I know you had mixed feelings about this one. But uh, the game of Scrabble. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen on on a couple different lists that I looked at. I saw a few people putting this number one really? for their favorite games. I don't know that I would if I was actually ranking them in a the top ten. I don't know that I would put this number one for me. Um, but it is it is entertaining. It is fun to play. Um. But if you're not if you're not aware of the game of Scrabble, basically there is a board, and then uh, it's a grid based board, um, and then each person collects. I think you start out with seven letter tiles, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Seven letter tiles, and then you just take turns trying to uh, create words on this grid, but you're playing off of each other. So you are. Um, you know, I'll spell the word cat, then you will use the T and spell the word toga, and then it goes from there um, until, you know, you run out of tiles um, or reach a agreed-upon point system. Right. Because on that grid are, of course, you know, double word score, triple letter score, etc. Um, this game, it obviously, it was the basis of the popular app, Words with friends. Right. Um, surely it was because you don't just come up with an identical looking <laughs> app that looks like a board game. Um, I am surprised, though, that Scrabble didn't jump on the app way ahead of time. Yeah. It seems like they kind of dropped the ball on they, that They one. missed it. Um, which do you prefer, Words with friends or Scrabble? Probably Words with friends. Is there a reason? Uh... I guess it's just easier to pick up a game and play it like that. It's not one I guess we ever think about getting out when we sit down to play. I mean, we own Scrabble, but I never think about getting it out. Um, were you? Um, were you when Words with Friends? You know, was because that there was a time that was like the game. It was the game. Were you on the bandwagon whenever yes. it came out? Um, and it was one of those because you. It felt like you could just kind of play it at your own pace with That's friends true. from yeah. anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you could spell the word, then get busy or have life go on, right. and then two days later, pick up where you left off. Right. Um, but Scrabble is, um, it's not one, I think, that has like a cult following, like, you know, Monopoly or, or Risk or Catan or something like that would. would. But um, the... <laughs> The most competitive part of Scrabble is always the challenge. <laughs> it's that's not a word, dude. And then you do you want to challenge it? No, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm not that confident it's not a word. Th there is some sort of penalty if you challenge. There is. It? Yeah. If if you challenge it, and it's not in there. You go a letter down. I think so. I it, it's I know you get the word taken off, and I think you're right. I think there is a penalty um, that goes with it. I remember um, my grandmother used to have this 
kind of in the same way that you've got some elaborate Monopoly games, my grandmother had this incredible Scrabble board. Yeah. And it was one that, that rotated. Rotated, yes. It had the little pin. I mean, this is an old game, but it had pins in it for keeping score. Okay. So you put, you know, you moved your pin across there. Um, it had little, you know, velvet bags for all the letters. You had your own little table, little, I don't know what's called, a little placard or something that you would put your letters in. Uh, little in, indent, indentions, engravings where the tiles sat into so they weren't just sliding everywhere. Uh, and that's what, that when I think of Scrabble, that's what I think of. Um, I don't think of the, you know, the, the more common probably board game where it's just a flat board and right. tiles are sliding all over the place. So when I think of Scrabble, that's my mind, again, right. it goes a little yeah. bit nostalgia, but it's also, I mean, it's a fun game and you can get really heated. I, I have played with some very intellectual people. Yeah. And maybe that, that's what took some of the fun that's... out of it. You know, so I was like, is that really a word? What? Where did you come up with that? Um, and so one of the, the things about Scrabble is that it can be played in multiple languages. Um, and right now it's included in 29 languages. 150 million sets have been sold. Um, there are scramble tournament, scrabble rather tournaments um, that get, get played around the world. Um, they have done some some of the things like you know. There's a Simpson board out there. I was just going to ask that. It doesn't feel like it's a game that you could have variations. On. Yeah, I, I don't think they really do a lot. I think there are just a few that I, I think it's just kind of the aesthetics of it. It kind of looks like that, um, but. My uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got, my mom told me a long time ago when we were playing, um, and I think it's actually something my grandmother probably told her, is that when you're playing Scrabble, you can't think of your next move ahead of time. Because, especially if you're playing with like four people, because by the time it gets back to you, the board has changed. So, yeah, something will be different. And you, they'll take your space, they'll take your letter, they'll take your word. And so uh, you've kind of got to be in the moment when you're playing it. So number six for me, Scrabble. This is a game that I remember. Uh, this was probably one of the first game, board games that I can recall playing as a kid. Uh, the, the classic board game, Sorry. You remember Sorry? I do remember Sorry. Uh, it, it's considered one of the classic board games of all time. Uh, it was a Parker Brothers game. came out in 1934. And it's it's pretty much been the same. They ha they haven't really changed much at all uh, since 1934 with the game. Uh, but you know, it's a this is a very easy game for for kids to uh, to to pick up and play. Um, you know, you you this is it's a board game, but it also has cards involved with it. You know, you pull a card, it tells you how many spaces that you can move. You get to knock other people off the board. They've got the little slide space on there where you can slide and get extra uh, moves on it. I do not remember this, but I am told by my wife and my sister-in-law, who both knew me when I was a kid, that when we would play this game, they accuse me. I think that they have made this up, but <laughs> they say that if I was going to lose the game, that they recall two or three times where I just, you know, wiped everything off the board and got up and walked out the room. Oh. I do not, I do not remember that I mean, whatsoever. I've, 
I know you, and I feel like that could be possible. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you get into it on on these board games, man. Well, maybe maybe I just you know chose to uh, disremember that. I don't know, but uh, that's what they always recall about the board game. Sorry, and so, uh, but it's it, it's just a classic game. Uh, I believe there's cards that you can draw that give you an extra turn if I remember the game right certain cards and I think the cards tell you what to do but there's cards where you can get out of your your home base to get out onto the board uh, sorry you get to send people back to their and that's that's the thing about that game it it can be evil oh yeah because at any point you could be making all this progress and then bam sorry you're, yes. you're done there's certain numbers that will allow you to split your move between Two of your pawns, uh, I believe a seven card allows you to do that. Um, but it's it's a really fun game. One of the classic games and one of the first that I remember playing as a kid. Sorry. Okay, number um, eight. You're nodding at me as as if you're approving. Yes. Um, Frequent listeners will know I can't count to 10, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a puzzle and see if you can figure out what game I'm talking about, Aaron. Okay. If a train leaves Grand Central Station traveling at west at 40 miles per hour and another train leaves Philadelphia traveling east at 55 miles per hour, how quickly do your eyes glaze over? Ah. Are we playing Ticket to Ride? Yes, we okay. are. Okay. So I love this game. This game is not a math problem like that one was. It's way more fun. And honestly, this is one of those games when you hear about it, when somebody describes it to you, you think it's the most nerdy, boring game that you will ever play. And then you get in the middle of playing it, and you can't stop. No. Um, Ticket to Ride um, is is the game. Uh, It's a fairly new game. Yes, it is. It was, I think, 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it was created in another country, wasn't it? I think so. Um, created by the company Days of Wonder uh, in 2004. Every player receives 45 train cars in one color and places them uh, places a matching token and scores the track. Um, so you're you're trying to get from place to place to create the longest train and then create as put as many pieces basically out as you can. Yes, and uh, you're trying to get. To certain destinations, right? With yeah. your cards, you you have to draw these cards, and if you don't link those two destinations, you're penalized. Yeah, and so it's a it's a really it's one of those games that just talking about it does not do it justice. No, if you're listening to this this episode and you've never played Ticket to Ride, but you love good board games, this needs to be one on your list to pick up. Yes, absolutely. And I think it was you guys that introduced this yes. to us. How long have you been playing this? Two, three years. Um, it's a, it's just a great game. It's a game. If I remember right, they have won several awards. Yeah, with this game, it has quickly become one of those best all-time yes. games in just fifteen years. Well, and I mean, trains are fun to begin with. 
you know, so there's just, there's something fun about linking all of those trains together out on the... And there's strategy involved. Oh, yeah. Because you're playing with other people and you've got to work around them because you can't really, you can't go on the same paths. You can't take the same routes in most areas. In most areas. And you can definitely block somebody. Oh, yeah. Is, you, I've noticed that if you watch where people are looking at the board... It can be a, it can be kind of a tell to see where they're going, and if you really want to be mean, you can block their path and really cause problems for them trying to play this game. So yeah, two thousand four, uh, you're right. It has won awards. It won the Origins Award for Best Board Game in two thousand four. So the year it released, oh, it wow. won Best Board Game. Wow. Um, so Ticket to Ride, really great game. Give it a try if you've never played it. It has expansion packs. Yeah. Uh, different. They've got Ticket to Ride Europe, USA, mm-hmm. Australia, Africa. I mean, they've got they they cover many different countries. It, it's a lot of fun. Yep. All right, Aaron, give us number nine. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Ticket to Ride because that that helps me because I was going to mention it if it didn't get put on there. So that makes my decision for the last one easier. Uh, another game that I remember playing as a kid, uh, in the ballroom. Okay. With candlesticks. Yep. I know where you're going. My friend Colonel Mustard and I would play this occasionally. <laughs> the game of Clue. Uh, I mean, this, this was the original mystery game. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you're trying to figure out who killed somebody somewhere in the house with what object. And again, one of the classic board games of all time uh, invented uh, in 1947. Wow. I believe it released in the, in the, in the forties. Um, it was invented during the air raids of World War II, though. And uh, it wasn't always called Clue. It was first called Cluedo. I, I was just looking at that. Yeah. That, I had no idea. I, I didn't either until I saw that earlier. Um, early versions of Clue featured different weapons. Uh, an axe, small bomb, a rope, a dagger, a revolver poison a fireplace poker the rope gun and dagger made it to the final game along with three new weapons a candlestick a wrench and a lead pipe do you have a favorite character in clue colonel mustard yeah i i, I mean he was mine too is there anybody else i mean what's the uh is it mrs plum there's mrs plum i believe um Mr. Green? I think There's so. somebody named Green in it. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet. Miss White. There, there's several different uh, characters. There is a Clue World Champion. In 1993, two guys in Manhattan promoted a Clue World Championship in New York City. And... Uh, Clues were doled out. The The contestants played dressed as their favorite characters. And the clues were doled out in dialogue and music. And the winner 
was uh, a man, I cannot pronounce his name, <laughs> from the UK. And he came dressed as Colonel Mustard, of course. Of course he did. Yeah. Uh, there was a Clue musical. There was a feature film in 1985, of course, called Clue. Yeah. Ever watch it? I don't think I, I did. I don't think I ever saw it. Uh, there was a musical, though, in the 90s. And then in 2008, they made over the board, which kind of kind of bummed me out. Yeah. But the retro, the retro clue game is still out there. You can still find it. Uh, and it's it seems like in the last year or two that retro games have kind of become a hit. I've yeah. seen a lot of a lot of places selling retro games in the past couple of years. So if you you know if you want to go back and and get the feel of what was the real original game of Clue, you can do it. Yeah, you know, Clue is another one of those that they've 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 tried to capitalize on a lot of the like uh, yes, you know, different variations and things like that. Um, I know we've got a version of Clue that is like, um, it's one of those after dark kind of. That sounds bad. It's it's geared toward you know, kids who played it as a as a child, or adults who played it as a child can have some nostalgia whilst kind of being relevant and modern to 2019. Oh, okay. And so it's like, uh, you know, I think this version is you were at a bachelor party in Vegas and basically the hangover. I was going to say, in, it sounds like Clue we're starting from, off with a hangover. It's like Clue lost in Vegas or something like that. You've got to figure out who did what in okay. Vegas. Um, we actually haven't played it yet, but yeah. um, Clue is one of those. I have not, I haven't played it in a long, long time. When's the last time that you remember playing Clue? It's been several years. Several years. But over the past, probably 10 years especially, there's been an onslaught of mystery board games that have been created. They seem to be very, very popular. And so that's kind of why I, I think Clue's got to be the one that started it all. But yeah. it's really kind of kicked off, and they've become especially popular for like dinner parties to have mystery dinner parties, um, things that that revolve around that. Well, there are some now that are um, basically escape rooms in right. board game form. Yes. Um, so escape rooms have made its way into um, to the home game space for sure. Okay. Anything else on Clue? Nope. Okay, we have reached number 10, and I'm going back to nostalgia as well. Um, I had a really hard time narrowing this one down, and to be really honest with you, I'm I'm not 100% sure it fits our criteria. Uh-oh. Um, that's why I was, I was just sitting here looking. I was like, well, is there something else I can put in there and make this an honorable mention? But I think... I think it fits enough of our criteria that I'm going for it. And that game is Operation. Oh, okay. It is technically a board. Yeah, it's a board. Yeah. Um, if, it's you're not, a board game. if you're not familiar with this game, um, there is it's a board with an uh, image of a man laying on it. And there are cutouts that you, during different parts of his body, I'm explaining 
operation like people don't know what it is <laughs> but the object yeah. is to take a pair of twi tweezers and delicately reach into these spaces and uh try to remove these objects without hitting the sides because if you do that their nose lights up and you get buzzed and it's game over and so um yeah i remember i this is another one of those games it's been so long since i've played but the game of operation is one that i very much remember from my childhood as playing a lot of um did you have a did you have a go-to piece that you would go after first in the game i can't even remember what what body parts were available in the game you had like his adam's apple um the butterflies in the stomach mm. uh, the charlie horse um just different things like that. And they were always, you know, taken very literally, you know, so the, the Adam's apple was a apple piece. Right. Uh, the Charlie horse was a horseshoe, I think. Um, and so you had to, you had to have a pretty steady hand to do it. Um, it was first created in 1965. Um, so it's been around for a little bit too. Um, but it just, you know, it was one of those games that there wasn't, there really wasn't like strategy involved unless, you know, you always wanted to get the easy ones first, and that way it leaves your opponent the harder ones to get. But, uh, yeah, Operation, just for nostalgia's sake, Operation is my last one. That's a worthy one. Yeah. You got any honorable mentions? Karen? I do. I do. Uh, I almost feel bad not mentioning it uh, as one of my five. <clears throat> Checkers? Dude, I was going to say chess. Wow. <laughs> Both of those, I mean, if we're talking about iconic board games, eh, I mean, checkers and chess, that's, yeah, it's hard to beat. And it's been a long time since I've played either of those games, but I remember as a kid learning checkers and chess, probably two of the first games I ever learned yeah. to play. It was a lot of fun to play checkers and chess. Um, Battleship. I had that as one of mine, too. I, I love the game Battleship. Uh, Connect Four. Yeah. Such a simple game, but uh, it's just fun. And then one, uh, my last one is a game that we have called Wahoo. I don't know this one. It's also, I think, I think Parker Brothers, from what I'm reading online, I think that they made, or it may have been Hasbro. Have you ever heard of the game Aggravation? I've heard of it, yeah. It's got a board like that. Okay, yeah. And you play it with marbles. You're going around the board and you, you try to get four or five marbles Almost out. Almost a little into, like Chinese checkers, it looks like. Kind of like Chinese checkers, and you're trying to get them into a home place. Okay. Uh, you know, you roll the dice. You can knock other marbles off the off the board. It's a it's an old game. Uh, some people call it Aggravation. Some call it Wahoo. Some call it... It's got three or four different names. Hmm. Um, but it's a, it's just a really fun, simple game. Uh, we had a friend that made a, a nice wooden board for us with a Razorback carved into it, stained the board, everything is real nice. And, uh, it's just kind of a fun, fun game. I like it. Um, quick honorable mentions for me. Um, Trivial Pursuit is one. Um, it's kind of, I love that game. um, it's almost a card game. It's though, almost it? a card game. Uh, but there are pieces that you move around to score and you land on different categories and it tells you what you have to answer. So it's kind of a trivia, it's in the name, uh, a trivia game. Um, another one, Blurt. Um, 
This is one that's probably I don't not, know this game. It's probably not super well known, but uh, it's it's very similar to Trivial, Trivial Pursuit, but it's the funny version of it um, because you when you land on a piece, um, you read um, you read a definition from the dictionary. It provides it on cards for you, and it's just the first person to blurt out the actual name. Oh wow! Wins. Okay. And so it's a free for all. Yeah, um, I like games like that. Lots of it's just really funny. Um, and then, um, uh, did you mention Battleship? I did. Um, and then the other one for me was cl- uh, not Clue. We just mentioned that too. Uh, guess who? Oh, the with the little tabs where yep. you flip. The, oh, you flip I forgot the people, all about that game. Flip the people down. Yeah. So guess who um, is yeah. my last one? That was always so fun. Yeah, um, and um, you know, I think in 2019, I've seen some people making fun of it because you know racial <laughs> and gender stereotypes and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it's kind of comical to think about in 2019, but it's a game that it is a lot of fun because it's you know depending on how well you know the other person, you can have some fun with it. Yes. Um. So that's my honorable mention for today. Well, I hope that we have inspired people after listening to this, to go home tonight, get your, you know, get around the table, pull out one of those old board games, and have fun. Yeah, I mean, it's the holiday season. You're going to be with family or friends at some point, probably the next month or two. So take advantage of the time you've got. and uh, Or, I mean, set up a table in your house to have a risk sitting on for three weeks. For three weeks. Um, and just enjoy the time to get there. It's a lot of fun. It really is. I, I mean, and it's kind of a step back, you know, from from electronics and digital things. You kind of just unplug from things and just, you know, sit around a board. Do me and me and my wife every once in a while she'll want to play a game, and I, I, I'm I may be the weirdo here, but um, to me, board games and stuff like that, those kind of games are party games. It's like I play those with a lot of people, you know, several people gathered around. Um, but I think you guys, y'all will just play the two of you, won't oh, you? If, if we can, we'll try to play a game with just two of us. Yeah. And a lot of times we do. There are some games that it's hard to do with two people, though. Well, you would think that. But as a kid, the for the longest time, I played Monopoly solo. Really? Yeah. How'd you I, do that? I, I played as all, as all four characters. Oh, you just played as all I people. would, And, you know, like, how can you do that? I would literally try to beat myself. You know, I did that with multiple games, you know, where, where I would play as the other person. I wouldn't take it easy on me. I'd go, you know, try to try to beat me. I think beating yourself is, um, I think there's some psychological <laughs> things associated with that. But we're not going to get into that in this episode. Okay, Aaron, what do people need to do now that they've listened to this thing? They need to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, yep. and hit the five-star button. Yep, all five. Um, you can also find us on the socials on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, hit us up at 10 things podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, connect with us. We would love it. Um, all right. Well, it's been a good episode. I like this one. It was a lot of fun. Okay. For, uh, 10 things. I'm Craig. I'm Aaron. And we will talk at you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.